49ers back at practice on a short week, getting ready for preseason week number three. Trey Lance throwing picks, Emmanuel Mosley back on the field. And might we see a shakeup on the starting offensive line? All that and more coming up on today's Locked On 49ers. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker with you at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. Thanks for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Croc, Emmanuel Mosley back at practice. What does he do? Tips the ball that gets picked off, picks off another Trey Lance pass. Trey Lance giving out, uh, giving out interceptions like it's Halloween candy at practice. <laughs> what, what, what do we take away from the goings on at this non-padded practice on a Monday before preseason week number three? Hey, is it a coincidence? Uh, you you know, prior to Mosley and Ward being out, you know, Trey Lance had his up and down days. And then those guys were out, and all of a sudden, it's like Trey Lance, super efficient, boop, 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 completing yeah. passes. I think in Minnesota, he was uh, he completed 23 out of 35 passes. So, you know, you started seeing the efficiency go up. One of those guys come back, Emmanuel Mosley, and, uh, oh, man, it's trouble in paradise with Trey Lance again. I'm joking, but uh, it, it is good to see him out there and forcing takeaways, and that's a big part of what the 49ers are going to need to win games. We know that Trey Lance is going to have his up and down times. So if he is going to, what better uh, – thing to have back there than some terrific cornerbacks. And, yeah, it's exciting to see Emmanuel Mosley out there or hear about him out there. Yeah, uh, Eric Armstead is working back as well into practice, so good news there. Uh, real quick, before we talk a little bit more about Trey Lance and and uh, in his day at practice, are you starting to get a little bit worried about Jimmy Ward's health going into the year? The 49ers did sign a free agent safety Today, it was Tashawn Gibson, formerly of the Chicago Bears, been around the league a little bit, 10-year veteran. Not only did they sign a safety, um, because Jimmy Ward's out with a hamstring, uh, Dante Johnson is is dealing with something too, so safety depth, an issue going into a preseason game. Is this just to have enough bodies to practice and, and put on the field during a preseason game? Are you starting to get a little bit worried about week one for Jimmy Ward? Because they didn't just go out and bring a guy off the street that might be a practice squad guy. They brought in a 10-year NFL veteran. Yeah, you know, you go out and you get a guy who, one, has played under Kyle Shanahan, not specifically Kyle, but Kyle coached a team with him uh, back there in the secondary. But a guy who can step in and, and being a veteran, you pretty much play for a lot of different styles of defense. And he probably fits plug and play at the very least, uh, kind of like a ha-ha Clinton Dixon and uh, <laughs> just or ha-ha Clinton Dix. And I saw I saw a clip on Twitter the other day, and it was – uh, gosh, uh, Papa, Greg Papa's call on Ha Ha's interception, and he was like, Ha 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 Ha. <laughs> <laughs> that was and so have, bad. And I have your version. Ha <laughs> <laughs> There you go. I've been saving those for a long time. Oh, man. But, anyways, you know, getting that veteran guy, and there was a chance potentially Ha Ha could make it. He, he didn't. And I think even with Gibson back there, it, it feels a little bit more like a. Uh, a, a body, but they said there's a chance that Ward isn't playing week one. And if he's not going to be playing, then you are going to need a veteran out there. I don't remember how long ago it was. It was uh, when we were previewing the defensive backs before training camp. 
And we thought that Jimmy Ward was super important to the 49ers defense. And it was a guy that maybe they quote unquote, couldn't afford to lose. How, how big is that for the 49ers? If Jimmy Ward isn't out there, Talano Hupanga is a, is a, you know, locked in as the 49ers starting strong safety, but he doesn't have the range of a Jimmy Ward. Jimmy Ward not only has deep center field range and come down and, and, um, and cover guys in man to man out of the slot too. So uh, that worries me a little bit. No, it's, it's huge. You know, Jimmy Ward does so much for the defense. And especially when you have the outside guys, I think he's had to play a little bit more conservative with who they had at cornerback, Ambry Thomas, Josh Norman, uh, you know, young D'Amador Lenore, some of these guys who are still trying to find their way. And that makes it to where, man, I can't be utilized to my full potential. But when you have a guy who's on the outside where you're like, you know what, we can kind of leave these guys here from time to time and let them do their thing. And now that frees up a guy like Jimmy Ward more. I was excited for that. But now probably got to play a little bit more safer again and, and kind of keep a little bit more too high, not get too exotic with what you're doing on the back end. Here's to hoping Jimmy Ward will be back and ready to go for week one of the regular season. Um, there is still a, a muscle pull that Charvarius Ward is dealing with as well. So both awards still not practicing, but Emmanuel Mosley back. So that's good. And seeing him get back to, to what he was doing before he had his own, he was a hamstring too, right? There's a lot of hamstrings going on with the, with the 49ers. A lot of soft tissue injuries. And that's why some people are upset. And even Kyle Shanahan, he sounded a little frustrated with it as well. Cause mm -hmm. I mean, we've talked about a lot of the main guys, but one of the younger guys, one of the young receivers also had a hamstring injury. Yeah. Uh, unfortunate for Austin Mack who got waived because he had a little bit of an injury, and so he was he had the injury designation. So when you're waived slash injured, that means you can't uh, you have to clear waivers before you can come back to the 49ers and be put on IR or, or whatever it is. If the 49ers want to go that route, that happened with I remember it happened with uh, Richie James last year. He got waived, injured, and then once he cleared waivers, he, he came back to the 49ers. Was on IR for the whole year, uh, so they had to make a roster move to bring in. To Sean Gibson, Gibson with the P, and uh, that was wide receiver Austin Mack, who's on the way out. The 49ers still by Tuesday at 1 p.m. have to cut five more players to get down to that number 80 that they need to be at this week before preseason week number three. So some more cuts coming in the next 24 hours or so, and we should probably um, check our feeds just to make sure before we're done with this podcast to see if anything comes down because some things came down a little bit early last week and. A little bit of surprise with Darquez Denard. So, you know, wonder if it could be one of those types of deals again this week when the 49ers cut five more to get to 80. Looking at the day that Trey Lance had next, he threw three interceptions, was all targeting Debo Samuel. The ups and downs of young Trey Lance. Um, there is potentially potentially a possibility for an undrafted offensive lineman to be a starter for the 49ers this year. We'll talk a little bit more about Jason Poe. He was one of our highlighted players from yesterday's post game podcast. Some of your Twitter questions as well, coming up on today's locked on 49ers. Our next partner though, has a product I use pretty much every day. Uh, and I started taking AG one because I wanted something to kind of supplement my caffeine usage in the morning something that actually would give me some of that energy back that the the coffee just wasn't doing anymore you know something that didn't take a lot of time 
maybe get those vitamins and pills without popping down a whole bunch of pills. Super easy. Not only that, gut health, more energy, optimized immune system, all with one scoop of AG1 in a cup of water. You stir it up, you drink it, start your day, and you are done. You get tons of vitamins and minerals. We're talking 75 high-quality vitamins and minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right, all in one delicious scoop of AG1. One. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, aging. It's literally for all the things that you need in one glass to start your day. And if maybe, you know, there's a lot of folks out there that are maybe lactose intolerant and uh, it's hard to, you know, that probiotic yogurt or something isn't something that that you can do. So uh, it's, it's a really nice way to get that gut health going if you are somebody who is lactose intolerant. And it's lifestyle friendly for keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, you name it. And HE1 contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no chemical tastes, no artificial anything while still tasting good and supporting everything you need. Not only help you with the energy, but you're not all caffeinated, so it helps you get to sleep better as well. So check it out for yourself, AG1. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and free tra- five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NFL network to take ownership of over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Thanks again, everybody, for making Locked On 49ers your first listen every day. It's Fantasy Draft Week on the Locked On Podcast Network. However you play, experts from Locked On Fantasy Football and Locked On Dynasty will bring you daily positional top 10 lists to get you ready for the season. Find Locked On Fantasy Football and Locked On Dynasty Football on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. I feel like this is getting underreported, Croc, when it comes to Jason Poe, undrafted rookie offensive lineman. He's gotten a lot of reps at right guard, left guard in practice and in games. Was all left guard in the last game. And do you remember yesterday what we talked about, Croc, saying, look, if you just went by what we've seen in preseason games of Aaron Banks over his two years, Jason Poe this year, and practices, that Jason Poe is a better player. And guess what? According to reports, Jason Poe was getting reps and starting to mix in with Aaron Banks at left guard after giving up zero pressures last week in the preseason week two game against the Minnesota Vikings. Could the 49ers start two rookies at guard this year? That's tough, right? That's a tough transition. And I'm a little worried too. You're throwing two rookies potentially with a a new center in Brindale and Maybe McKivitz at right tackle, depending on what's going on with Mike McGlinchey. So that is a ton of turnover, especially for your young quarterback who's going to be back there starting his first season. But if Poe is the best guy for the job and you just happen to have two legit rookies that are going to step in there and play well, yeah, I, I, I've liked what I've seen from Spencer Burford. So, and I haven't watched Poe as much. I know you pay a little bit more attention to Poe, and you're like, man, he just wins. He just wins all his reps. So if they are mixing him in there because they say, hey, this guy's doing very well, and hey, we see the same thing Brian Peacock is seeing, then then <laughs> you just, by the graces of God, have two rookies that you really like, and hopefully for the next four to five years. Yeah, it's not just me. Like Everybody's watching these games, watching the reps at practice. It's like Jason Poe is good. 
He's not losing reps. So let's up that competition. And I, I feel like we, we need to see that with the running backs too. It's like, okay, Sermon's having a tough time. Well, is that because the offensive line's not doing well? Is that because better competition on the other side? Let's see some of the other guys earlier, see if their yards per carry goes down. And if Sermon's goes up late in the game, then I think we'll have a, a better idea there. So I wonder if we'll see that at running back as well this week or if they'll keep the, the the same depth chart there. But as soon as you start getting those first team reps for Jason Poe, there's an opportunity for Aaron Banks to lose that left guard job. And I haven't heard about anybody taking any first team reps at left guard with Aaron Banks until today's practice. And that's good news. Kyle Shanahan, he, I feel like he does this, right? Like he's going to give for the most part, the best guy an opportunity, especially if one guy isn't taking a stronghold of a certain position. He doesn't care for the most part, for the most part where you're drafted. If you are better you will likely get an opportunity. Now, if somebody's like playing well, but then, you know, then yeah, it can get a little sticky there. I thought there were times where Richie James should have got more love and he just never did. I, I still don't know why. But when it comes to this guard position, again, like you said, this guy's not losing. Poe's not losing reps. And we know it's wide open in the interior offensive line. I know we kind of projected Poe to be more of a center just because of the lack of size. But if he continues to hold it down that guard, I, I like it. He, he moves extremely well. He's somebody that possesses that type of athleticism. We talked about how 40-yard dash time and athleticism at the guard position translates uh, very well to the NFL and having success. And, you know, undersized in, in terms of height, but plays big, plays strong, plays fast, and isn't losing reps. It isn't ideal on paper – you're right with the, all the turnover, though, either. Four out of five potential new starters in week one, that's not really the way you want to go about it. But you also yeah. just let, got to let them compete, let the best five win. Uh, you know, Obviously, McGlinchey will be one of the five if he's healthy, um, and, and we'll find out a little bit more probably about that injury and, and where he's at. But, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's an interesting one up front with the San Francisco 49ers, such an important position group this year and for those of you who don't remember i'm actually looking up so it was four um force no not force was it force did he run four sevens no he ran like four nine four eight four eight nine that's what it was okay four eight nine he's listed at six one he's actually a sit like six feet and a half 300 pounds ran a four eight nine so the thing is he's got uh 34 reps of, on the bench press, 31 and a half inch vertical, 9-3 broad jump. Uh, I don't have his agilities in front of me, but those were, I think, pretty good as well. He's like, you know, 92nd percentile, 99th percentile, 90th percentile in a lot of these times. So, uh, I mean, he he ran amazing times, and he's 300 pounds. So people say he's undersized. Jason Poe's not even really undersized. He's just short. He's just shorter right. than, but he's not, you know, he's, he's got bulk. He's got strength. He's strong. And he's just lower to the ground than a lot of guys, which yeah, I mean, a lot of ways, how is, much does Daniel Brunsko weigh? Hands are big enough and your arms are big enough and everything else is there. Who cares how far your tall is your, the top of your head is from the ground. Right. How, how much does Daniel Brunsko weigh? Brunsky. I remember, it's hard to know. Uh, I don't have the 49ers roster in front of me, but I remember when he was coming out of college, he was only at like, you know, 270 something pounds or something, you know, so he's, he's already obviously much bigger now. Uh, if you give me a second, I can find what he's listed as, but I mean, he's not, they, they have him at six, five, 300. So we're talking about somebody five, who's a legit three. five inches taller than Poe and weighs the same amount. Yeah. So, so uh, that lets Mike you know right there, like, is probably Poe is a wide, that, strong guy. 
yeah, and, and Mike McGlinch is probably not that much over 300 pounds right now. He was looking pretty slim coming into camp, right? Right. And he's so he's not undersized. He's just short. He's just short. It's funny calling a guy who's almost six one short too. Right. But for an NFL lineman, that is that is pretty short. That is pretty short. Uh, Trey Lance, are you worried? Three interceptions. All three of his interceptions at practice Monday was targeting Debo Samuel too, and it seemed like Debo Samuel was really really heating up last week uh, in those joint practices too, and th- that he was ramping up. It looked like he was maybe uh, kind of getting some some mid preseason form last week and and started uh, to catch a lot of balls from Trey Lance, but uh, I don't know if they were trying to force feed him today. Again, it's practice, context, and all that, but it, there's been very up and down practices for Trey Lance, and today was one of those down practices throwing three picks. You know, I don't, I don't even really pay too much attention to his practice reports anymore. For me, it's all about the games. Like, the, the practice, that's what made the most you know sense in the sense of where he was early on and obviously there was some good there was some bad and I thought he started to string together a lot more positive practices than than bad practices uh even over there in Minnesota I thought he practiced well for the most part over two days uh had through what one one interception and again targeting Debo Samuel where he kind of threw it behind him a little bit so does that kind of mix up there but I don't focus too much on his practices anymore to me where I'm going to find out the most about Trey Lance is in the games. And coming into the preseason games, we just didn't know where he was at. So the reports, they they were, they held so much more weight because like, all right, where, where is he at? Then obviously us out there, we're viewing, okay, what does it look like? And, you know, had a couple good days when I was there. Then, you know, Sunday, not, not his best day, but then followed that up with two strong days. And so I'm over that part. I want to see what he looks like in the game. And obviously, Nobody wants to hear about quarterback in practice throwing three interceptions, but, you know, we have Greg Pinelli come on here, time friend of the show. He'll tell you, I mean, I picked him off three times in practice, and then he played well <laughs> in the game. So, <laughs> Well, great. that's why Greg Pinelli didn't make it to the league because guys like Eric Crocker were making it to the league picking off guys <laughs> like Greg Pinelli, right? Yeah, no, but he, then he played awesome in the game. It was like first-team all-conference, maybe a league MVP. Like, he was awesome. I'm not saying Trey Lance is going to be awesome, and I'm not going to say – and I'm not saying that – if he throws a pick in practice, it's it's insignificant. I just it just to me in the sense of his development because that that's what I cared about the most when it came to the practice reports. Where is he at in his development? I've kind of seen I have an idea of where he's at. So now the reports in practice don't hold as much weight as what I look forward to seeing come Thursday in the game. Right now we have other references, which is his game reps and those for us for sure outweigh or you know the practices we saw and even when he had a quote-unquote bad practice on sunday it didn't feel that bad uh when i'm sitting there right because it, it's he, let's say he throws three picks right and again that's not ideal is that an isolated moment right everybody brings up and this is not me bringing up one guy because of the other guy but the five interceptions that jimmy garoppolo threw in the practice well there were five consecutive throws and it was really wild. Like, oh my God, he's doing five picks. But how was he for the rest of practice? What was he trying to do when he threw those picks? I remember it was all red zone. So I think that was just kind of like a wild stat. But th- does that tell me like, oh man, this, this guy just he just can't play the quarterback position? No, Jimmy Garoppolo got in the games and, you know, for whatever his skill set was, he he did well. So, you know, and he wasn't a, I don't want to say he wasn't a turnover machine, but it's not like he was a James Winston throwing 30 interceptions in a season, 
you know, type quarterback. So it's you you would rather hear that there weren't any interceptions, but I'd assume, and again, I I played a lot of football. Most teams I've been on, the quarterbacks, they're going to have some practices where they throw picks. Because you got to remember, too, we we kind of know what they're doing. Everybody talks about the offense and everything. Remember, this stuff is kind of scripted, and they're giving certain looks. And once you see certain things from your offense, like when I was picking off Greg Pinelli, I didn't pick off Greg Pinelli just because it's like, all right, you know. It's like, look, I can look at a formation. And it's like, okay, I've seen this. Yeah, I've seen it a hundred times already in practice. (laughs) I've seen this a hundred times. What he's trying to do, he's going to try to sneak. So I'm going to stay down, show this. And I know if I drift back, I can pick him off. You know, you just kind of like learn your teammates. So, Mm -hmm. again, I don't know if that's what's going on there, but the games hold much more weight when it comes to where Trey Lance is in his development. Now, if he goes out and throws three interceptions and a half of a preseason game, then I'd be like, all right. They're gonna have to kind of scheme around that, or the office, you know. Then you have to try to figure it out. But right, and what's going on? If he goes out there and completes sixty-four percent of his passes with a passing touchdown and a rushing touchdown, maybe has one pick. But you know, I don't think anybody would be too worried about that type of outing. And he's going up against a better defense now, right? Because he was going up against the Vikings uh, in those joint practices. He's like feeling good about himself. He's like, oh, crap, now I got to go back and play against the 49ers defense. And, oh, yeah, Emmanuel Mosley came back and, and got him a couple of times too. So uh, well, the, 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 the I think it's a good sign for the 49ers defense that they're making it difficult for some 49ers quarterbacks in practice. Yeah, and in, in the pass rush, though, for the Vikings, that was getting to the 49ers. It was. And were- what you don't want, and this is something that can happen, especially the young quarterbacks, but you don't want to start speeding up his time clock because he doesn't have time to throw the ball. And that's the tough thing when you have this offensive line. It's kind of a makeshift offensive line right now, and they're trying to figure it out. Will they start to do that? Like, that's what happened to guys like Sam Darnold. Everybody's like, oh, my gosh, Sam Darnold is just so bad. It's like, man. He started developing bad habits his last year at USC. Then he gets to the New York Jets. They got the worst offensive line for like three straight years. And now all of a sudden, he just, I think that's in his head. And yeah. you don't want that for Trey Lance, where it's like, man, everybody, everything's happening so fast against Minnesota. Oh, everything's happening so fast against 49ers. But he looked more, more comfortable playing against Green Bay, where he did have a little bit more time. So, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Absolutely. Uh, we're going to open up the Locked On 49ers mailbag here. Got some questions about the 49ers offensive line, Justin School in particular, and uh, some other pup list roster mechanics as we start to see some more cuts down to the final roster for those San Francisco 49ers in 2022. As you gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach our network of beyond uh, what 810 million people is what we're talking about with the LinkedIn network. You're on it. I'm on it. We know what it's like. And if you want to reach all of those people in the world's largest professional network, LinkedIn Jobs is for you. Go to LinkedIn Jobs, add your job and the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help find the right people to interview and eventually hire. Simple tools like screening questions to make it easy to focus on the right candidates, uh, prioritize what you want in a candidate quickly. It's why small businesses rate 
LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Do you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. Okay, Croc, I'm going to go to David on Twitter. He says, doesn't it seem like school has regressed to his rookie training camp level of play and could Poe take Banks' job sometime this year? And actually, David sent that tweet to us before we heard the reports that Poe was starting to work in with Banks. And could he take his job sometime this year? He could take it sooner than later. I absolutely think he can because from what I've seen, he's a better player than Banks. So absolutely, yes, on the second part. And I I just – Justin Schools dealt with some injuries. Uh, He was never – uh, a specimen of a player. So, you know, we talked about a little bit crock last week, I think, and, and school didn't play well getting the start at left tackle in this game either. Uh, yeah. I, I think the writing's on the wall. Justin school's probably not going to make this roster. So you don't think so, huh? No. I mean, you got three tackles already in McKivitz being the swing tackle with McGlinchey and uh, Trent Williams, obviously. We know Daniel Brunskill could be a super sub, potentially back up all five positions if he doesn't win the starting center job. I don't think we should count out Brunskill at left guard either, right? It's weird that they would let Poe get first crack at Banks if Brunskill's not going to win the center job. Kyle Shanahan talked about he knows how good he is at guard already, so he doesn't need those reps. Couldn't he just plug into left guard too? Well, isn't Brunskill kind of banged up right now? Uh, he is a little bit banged up, I think. Yeah. So maybe that's, so I think that that might be, I mean, again, you still might give Poe an opportunity and this I don't know if the it's... time to see this, this is the time yeah. to see it's practice. <laughs> you know, and I think we forget that because the games aren't happening, but this is the time to see. All right, Poe, we'll give you an opportunity. And what does it, it look like? If Poe's your best guard and it's not even so much that Banks is necessarily losing the job, but if Poe, you find out it's like, man, we found a diamond in the rough. This guy's actually really good and he's going to start. So go start and, and, and get work, get that, get your five together and get some cohesion going into the year too. But yeah, so you've got four guys, you've got, um, uh, who I'm forgetting, Jalen Moore as well. So you have enough players that have the versatility that you should be covered at tackle that I don't think you really need a tackle only, uh, a fourth only tackle in Justin School on the roster. And he's just not playing great. So, yeah, right. Mills and School, the, the guys who were at tackle last week, I don't think either one has a chance to make the roster at this point. Barring injuries. How comfortable are you with McKivitz at right tackle if McGlinchey uh, injury kind of holds him out a little bit longer than what we are expecting right now. Because they've been kind of vague with reporting it. One thing I do want to say, Kyle Shanahan says what is reported to him, right? Do you get the sense of that? Or do you think he like hides injuries? Because to me, he's come off as someone, if he thinks it's going to be a long-term injury, like he'll say like, oh yeah. Like we said about Jimmy Ward, oh yeah, significant hamstring injury. I think he's he says what is told to him from the medical staff. So from that, yeah, from that yeah. standpoint, like with McGlinchey, it almost sounded like, yeah, you know, well, we don't know, but he's not practicing this week. I, I think I agree, that's the yeah. part that a lot of fans don't understand. Coaches don't tell a guy when he's going to play. The, the training staff comes to the coach and they tell them, hey, this was going on with him. He's not going to be practicing today. It's not like, it's not like Mike McGlinchey 
goes up to Kyle Shanahan. He's like, hey, Kyle. Uh, like, this is not high school, right? High school, you go up to your coach like, ah, oh, coach, my quad hurts. All right, you know, says, all right little Johnny. <laughs> sit, you know, sit, sit out today, little Johnny. Like, nah, like, the training staff comes over and all he probably did, does is just get a list of stuff. Like, okay, McGlinchey, you know, he's out, whatever. Hey, you know, what's going on with it? They'll probably tell mm -hmm. him. And I mean, there's a chance he doesn't even talk to McGlinchey about his injury. Yep, no, uh, you're, you're exactly right there. Did you see the the trade of Nick Mullins. I can't believe Nick Mullins got traded before Jimmy Garoppolo, a conditional future seventh round pick. Uh, I get, and look, Kellen Mond didn't look good. Did he look so bad that the, the Minnesota Vikings are like, man, we don't even have a backup quarterback. We got to go trade for, uh, for Nick Mullins from the Raiders for a conditional. Nick Mullins. Not even drafted. Yeah. It, Seeing him traded, and I saw a report, I believe it was, gosh, Daniel Jeremiah or Ian Rappaport. It was one of those guys. And they were saying that guys get traded for one or two reasons at this time. And one of them was just they're just not good, and they just want to just get rid of them. And, you know, maybe they just like their backup quarterback right now. Gosh, who's the backup quarterback I saw with Oakland? I was watching Oh, uh, that the is the dude from New England. Um uh, from Auburn, he was drafted by New England. Stidham, Stidham, Stidham. yeah, Stidham. Yeah, so so it's like, all right. We like Stidham as a backup. Like we're not keeping three guys like Kyle Shanahan did for multiple years with Nick Mullins. And, and looks like he's going to do it again with Purdy. I think the Niners are going to keep three quarterbacks again. That's what that's what it told me that Purdy was working in a little bit back and forth with uh, with Sudfeld. Is that I think all three of those guys are going to make the roster and they're not going to they're not going to uh, put them through waivers. Yeah, so you know, you see something like that, and they're like, "Yeah, man, somebody take them, please." They they took a conditional. It was literally it was a conditional seventh round pick in two thousand twenty four. It's <laughs> like, literally it's the least amount you can be traded for in the NFL, right? Yeah. It's a pick in the future that is the last pick that you could possibly give the lowest value, and it's conditional to where uh, they could still cut. Nick Mullins before the season and they wouldn't have to give up a pick at all. So a conditional future seventh. It's literally the least amount you could be traded for. Yeah, that's wild. Thanks everybody for making Locked On 49ers your first listen every day right here on the Locked On Podcast Network for your second listen. Make sure you're checking out all the fantasy pods, getting ready for your drafts. Make sure you're checking out the Peacock and Williamson NFL show daily. Make sure you're checking out Locked On NFL, uh, NFL Draft featuring Eric Crocker daily. And Croc and I will be back tomorrow right here, Locked On 49ers.